Well, tonight is, I, I want to spend just a few moments. I'm not going to uh, extend our time. The older children are coming, and they'll be joining with the, uh, the group you just met in a few moments. And uh, as we've gathered to worship the Lord, I, wanted to, I want to just talk about preaching Christ. Preaching Christ. Normal Christmas shopping is all different now. So many stores are closed so many unusual things happening, distancing, masking, kids not being able to go to school, um, businesses shut down by government. Things are really different this year, as you know. And it almost seems like someone's trying to steal the joy out of Christmas and out of our hearts. I want to tell you what we have in Jesus can't be swiped, can't be stolen, can't be taken away, because he's done something so great for us, we rejoice. Troubled times are not new. In Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 1, we see similar moments of time in history. It says, all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men have just buried Stephen, the first martyr of the church. And it devastated them to see such a wonderful man killed by violent individuals that hated his message. But Saul began to destroy the church, verse 3 tells us. And uh, he went from house to house, dragging people out of the houses that were people of faith. Verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went, and Philip went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. The New International Version says he proclaimed the Messiah there. The, New, the uh, King James Version said he proclaimed Christ there. He preached Christ. And when the crowds saw Philip and saw the signs he performed, they, they all paid close attention to what he said. Notice what happened. <coughs> Excuse me. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed, and even those that were lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So there was great joy in that city. When Jesus is free to be honored and adored and proclaimed, there will be joy in any city. And we believe that in Salem and in this region, if Jesus is lifted up, there'll be great joy in that place. So for a moment, I want to share about preaching Christ in the face of an all-out attack to try and muzzle people from being people of faith. Philip the evangelist went down to Samaria and preached the message of Christ. What did he do, and what does this mean to preach Christ? Sometimes we go, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, but what does it mean to preach him? Let's take a moment and think about that. What does it mean to preach Christ? Well, it does not mean preaching about Christ, does it? A preacher may know all about the history of Christ and still not know Christ, right? Or a preacher may know about the teachings of Christ and be familiar with vast portions of Scripture but still not know Christ in a personal way. It does not mean proclaiming of essays or lectures about Christ. That's not what we do. You can do all that and still not know him. Preaching Christ means proclaiming him, I want to pause, as crucified, resurrected, 
ascended and living Savior. I emphasize those things tonight. Each word is important. I do not leave out the powerful facts of earthly ministry that Jesus did, his works, his words, his character, and all of those things, the love that he showed. But I emphasize the important facts tonight, his death and his resurrection. Let's focus for a moment on these things. It's important for us to remind ourselves that Jesus is alive at this very moment, unlike any other, you know, hero, Buddha, Muhammad, Mary Baker Eddy, Joseph Smith, on and on. Jesus is alive. He possesses all power and all authority. So at this time of the year during Christmas time, we are so filled with joy because we know what it means to honor him and to love him. I preach tonight and want you to think about Jesus as the living Savior. Not the historical Savior, but the living Savior. He's the living Savior. The songwriter said, he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. We need to remember that he wants to walk through life with you and help you. He's here to save. He's here to heal. He's here to fill your home with joy. He's here to fill your hearts with such optimism and hope that you won't find in a world. I was reading online the Statesman Journal this morning, and I found out that there was nothing in there encouraging at all. So I ask you this question, why preach Christ? Well, there's two reasons, both, both of, of vital importance. First of all, because it's our business. If you have met Jesus, if he has come into your heart, it is now our business to make him known. Did you hear me? It's our business to make him known. The business of a farmer is to plant seed in the ground. The business of a plumber is to fix pipes and bring water where it has not been yet, right? The business of a soldier is to protect and to proclaim the freedom of the nation he or she represents. And the business of every Christian is to preach Christ, to tell about Jesus, to lift him up everywhere you go. Even in the middle of global persecution, the people of God went about and preached Christ. Acts 8.4, those that have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Say that with me, wherever they went. Wherever they went, they went to school, they went to work, they went to the business, they went in town, everywhere they went, they proclaimed Christ. The they was the people of God. Why? Why did they do it? You can help me, because it was their business. It is our business to proclaim Christ. Acts 8, 5, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. Philip went to Samaria and he magnified Jesus and he lifted Jesus. He honored Jesus. And what happened? Miracles happened. Preaching Christ is not just telling the story of Jesus coming into the world and, and coming in a manger just like the children have done. That's not the only message. Tonight we understand it's our business to preach Christ, but there's another great reason. And the great reason is because Jesus is the only remedy for sin. You and I know that 
78% of the people in this city do not identify any, with any church or with any faith. 78% of the people. I would just like to say to you that there's work that needs to be done. You say, well, we've tried and some people are not interested. Everyone deserves a chance to hear, just one chance. What they do with that one chance is their business. But everyone you work with, everyone you go to school with, everyone you hang out with, any, I was gonna say you go to the gym with, there's no gyms at all. Amen, anyway. Now men have tried every conceivable way to rid themselves of sin. I've watched at the Ganges River in India as people have dipped themselves and dipped themselves thinking, now, now I'm gonna be free. If you go to the Philippines, you see people dragging and they've got hooks in their skin and they're dragging crosses and they're, they're, long, they're climbing up steps to get to the church to somehow make pain the portion that would assure them that their sins are remedied and dealt with. Thousands will go every year to Mecca in Saudi Arabia knowing that that would be the, the requirement uh, of having their sins forgiven. Some in our city would even say, if I can knock on more doors than anyone else in town, I may be one that can, can go to heaven. May I just remind you tonight that Jesus is the only remedy. My friend Randy Hurst, I was in a meeting with him uh, some months ago, and he told a story that I have chronicled and I want to share with you. It was a call-in show. He was watching late one night. That's what evangelists do when they are, are home for, for a few days. They turn on the TV set and watch the Catholic channel. That's what he was doing. I'm not saying any comments about Catholicism or anything. I know many of you may be from that background, or maybe many of you are. I'm not being negative in any way. I'm just telling the story as he told it. The National Catholic Church broadcast conducted a call-in show to receive answers to great questions. People wanted to know what the answer was. Archbishop was, was on there. I don't remember what he said his name was, but he was there moderating the call-in. And he was asked this question, which, I, which I've quoted now. If I go to Mass every day and confession once per week, will I go to heaven? To which the bishop, the archbishop replied, maybe, with no certainty, no assurance, maybe. There's only one way to be sure that your sins are covered, putting your life in the hands of Jesus, letting Jesus cleanse and purify you, give him your life. There's only one name that can save us. It's not Buddha, it's not Confucius, it's not Muhammad. All of them are dead. And as I close tonight, some of you are really happy to hear that. As I close tonight, Acts 4.12, you know the scripture. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. As, as Philip the evangelist preached in Samaria, Acts 8 verse 6 when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. And you see, the, you remember the story how that impure spirits and wicked things, diabolical things that the devil had tried to do to, to ruin people's lives, all of that was stopped because of the power of Jesus' name. Hearts were opened, bodies were healed, demons fled, 
And the result of that was Acts 8.8. So there was great joy in that city. Would you repeat that verse with me? So there was great joy in that city. I'd like to propose tonight that what this region needs is great joy in the city. And Jesus is the only one who can bring great joy. So as you magnify him, as you exalt him, as you make him a part of your day-to-day activities during this Advent month, I pray tonight that you would enjoy and experience the greatness of his presence, the glory of his, of his kingdom, and that we would together walk in great confidence and joy before the Lord and in our homes. Let's sing it together, okay? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Father, I pray that you would just fill our hearts with wonder as we contemplate your ascension, your resurrection, your death, your burial, as we contemplate the fact that you are alive. Because you live, we have hope today. Because you are alive, we know that nothing is permanent. The only thing that will never change is you and your word. Everything else can change. Every symptom can change. Every concern can change. Every shortage can be changed. And we know that any challenge we face in our families can be changed. And so, Lord, we just pray your blessing upon every home that is represented here tonight, upon every life, and we welcome your, your presence in our lives as we lift you high, as we proclaim you, as we worship you, as we adore you, as we whisper your name in prayer over our families, as we just give you glory, we know that great things are going to happen. So we must preach and proclaim your name. We're going to do exactly what they did in Acts chapter 8. Let your blessing be upon each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.